Uduwasha city, where the sun is a mirror and the moon a shadow. 800 years ago, the gates of death were broken by the Emperor Immortal. The five key bearers, however, had already unlocked them and walked right through. It is in Uduwasha city they dwell. Now, the ghost field breathes next to our reality, lit by the eternal flame of the well of Udu. It is a second skin, a place where thought and will struggle against gravity and light. In other places, the dead congregate in the ghost field, but in Uduwasha, the well city, the hell city, they fall straight into the flames. See its glittering districts, Chitichpur, where the rich plot to buy the horizon, Bundavest, where the refugees of two different nations flock, and Pasarhandu, the vertical maze of market and murder. And here is Udepat, where the ceaseless temple resides. Its inhabitants, a family, a snake, and a god. The temple has stood since before the gods of this world were forgotten. Watch as it turns the wheels of revolution. Welcome to Desperate Retune, an actual play podcast about people who take risks so they can survive against the odds. Hi everyone, it's Zoheb with a recap of the previous episode. Last episode, Miraz came back to the temple from his stay at Amitav's clinic to find that once again Skovlanders have come to seek the aid of the Temple of the Ceaseless Wheel. The Skovlanders have run afoul of the Katrisi, displaced farmers from another city in Uruvia, who are looking for work and competing with Skovlanders for space in the immigrant section of the Port district of Bundervest. The Katrisi have turned their sickles into swords, and since Freya's disappearance left the Skovlanders without a leader, the Katrisi have taken the opportunity to hit the Skovlanders for their turf. As the Skovlanders pleaded for the temple to intervene on their side, the crew debated whether or not to get involved. Miras was convinced there is just immigrants fighting each other over the drug trade. But Abbas was sympathetic and aware of the root, systemic inequalities that drive the poor and displaced towards violent crime. Vickers wanted to help simply because it just occurred to her that it's bad when people exploit other people. Inspired by this epiphany, the crew decided to solve the gang war by getting their friend Hardil Subramanian to employ the Katrisi and give them jobs in the operation of one Mr. Peter Samhorse, whom the crew do not know is a mob boss. Hardil was only too happy to employ the Katrisi, but the leader, a badass sword fighter named Ramu, was too proud to work for Munna, uh, uh, I mean Mr. Peter Samhorse. In fact, Ramu and his blades were so adamant they won't work for Munna, they took the opportunity to pay the Sisters Temple a visit to make sure they didn't interfere in the turf war in Wundervest. And thus we rejoined the crew, Ramu's fighters having breached the compound and captured Zajidan while he was out on his veranda enjoying his morning tea. Before we get into the episode itself, a content warning. This is an unusually violent episode by and large, and there are two particular moments that are unusually shocking and graphic. At the time of recording this recap, I do not have the timestamps for these moments, oh, my apologies, but they shall be put inside the description. We're flagging these two moments largely so that you are not caught off guard by them, and also so that if you wish, you may skip over them. So, uh, I realized that we should have marked load for this engagement.
And I realized that the load for Vickers, and maybe everyone else, depends heavily on what time of day it is when this is happening. Mm. Well, given that it's the six, no, no, we know that Zajidu is drinking chai. I actually think this is the morning. Because why else would he be drinking chai outside? Right? Because he got up early and he's like... That means Vickers is asleep and therefore on a light load. <laughs> I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it had been the evening, right? She, she could have been doing roof ball exercise or whatever and actually have a medium load and like have some things, but... Yeah. I'm on a light load because I'm not a morning person. Hmm. Thing of us when jogging or something, you know, you gotta keep healthy, and he's in some kind of equivalent of a tracksuit. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very good. Miraz is. Let's see. So, Zajidan was on the balcony in the morning drinking tea. Yeah. I think I had just been there talking okay. to him. Sure. And I had probably gone off to, I don't know, fetch some more parathas or something. Mm-hmm. So I am light, but I have parathas. Great, yeah. So functionally <laughs> Priorities. So that's, yeah. a, that's quite a heavy meal, you see. Yeah, I see where you did that. Very good. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Joan is in her room working out in a light load. Excellent. I guess like we're really leading into... Now it feels like they rolled the credit. Um... <laughs> No, no, no. If they rolled a crit, then uh, Zajid then would already be... Oh, wait, no, that already happened. Yeah, indeed. So, I mean, like, you tell me why you're, like, interrupting here, because um, I think what has happened is that Zajidan is at sword point. He is affecting a non-challenged manner, but he is very challenged, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I walk in with the Paratas, and then I see this big burly man with his sickle on my father's throat and a sword pointed towards my chest. But I think it's mm-hmm. a small balcony, right? It's one of those you step in, and there's immediately a sword pointed at me and like five guys standing there, uh, yes. crowded up in a very small space. And I kind of look at the sword. I look at Zajidan. I look at the sickle, uh, gleaming gold. I look at this man, and I say, is it yes (laughs) and I think uh, Ramu looks at you and says you're the priest right I hear you've been uh, in our business yes um, and I think I'm looking at this sword and like I don't know I think it's like on autopilot Mm -hmm. I'm still I'm wearing gloves because I guess I just fetched these out of the oven Uh, yeah I take the tray and like put it in one arm and then I take my gloved hand and then I kind of like touch the sword and I kind of shake it like a hand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, please go on. Like, um, yes, uh, yes, I I, I am. And, um, that's my father. Um, why, why, why? And from next to him, uh, there is, uh, someone else with like a quite an impressive mustache. He would be wearing sunglasses if sunglasses existed. And says, you've been talking to those Stalin revolutionaries. Well, they keep coming over here every single goddamn time. And like, listen, can, can you get them to stop coming? Like every single time. Uh, someone's like, there's someone co- at the, here at the temple. And it's like, what, yet another Scotland person saying, I am King, uh, King, King Francis or whatever. And... Uh, um, I, I, I murdered several people, can, and I've heard that you have a thing of hospitality. Can I hide here? Ramu looks at you and says, Oh, you don't like them either, do you? Great. Why don't you just lead us to them, and then we'll take care of the problem? 
Well, I mean, we don't really have any here at the moment. And um, uh, listen, this this balcony is very crowded. Um, um, my father's not very well. Can we all just come in? Do you like parotta? And then I kind of raise it up. And it's like it's not very good, uh, but you know, have you had breakfast? We, we can come in. Let's just just let's come inside. Uh, and uh, can you please uh, drop my father? Not like throw, drop him off the balcony or anything. Like, you know what I mean. You know, I think we're going to have this conversation on my terms. And he looks at uh, two others, uh, a man and a woman, and he says, um, take him out. I'll whistle if I need you. And what is going to happen is that he wants to take your father away as a hostage while he has this conversation with you. Hmm. Well, if that's how he wants to play it, I think Miraz is just going to say, "Oh yeah, well, I I tried being reasonable, but now, well, fuck you." And then I'm going to uh, I don't know. Uh, I think I probably have a few things on me all the time to kind of tinker over mm-hmm. while I'm talk tinker with while uh, Zajidan tells me about life and so on. Uh, so I'm going to drop a smoke grenade. Casual, okay. Amazing. Uh, yes. Okay, yeah. I mean, do you think what you want here is to shock and disorient them? Yes, I would like to have the space to rescue Jadjidan and run away. Excellent, okay. Um, I think you're in a desperate position because they have your father at sword point. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you can do this. I think you're at standard effect. Uh, because even though they... I'm good at that job. You were also good at your job, and you know how to make an effective smoke grenade. So, yeah, desperate standard, I think. Uh huh. I'm assisting, even though I'm asleep. <laughs> how <are> you, <laughs> you, you know how I'm assisting? I have my medicine cabinet out here on the balcony. This has been established before. And I think that as you draw up the smoke bomb, they will not suspect anything because this place is littered with weird medicinal shit. Mm. So, I'm basically <laughs> providing you with a free distraction because I have left out a bunch of like strange medicines lying about. Excellent. And so, you putting up a bottle of something will not look out of place. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's more like there's a smoke grenade there. I throw the plate of baratas at it and it just goes off. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. <laughs> so it sort of blends yeah. in. Destination by parata. Well, it's the pl- it's it's the plate, not the parathas. I mean, okay. I have said that the parathas are heavy, but I don't think they're that heavy. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I want to imagine in this explosion, the paratha just splatting into the leader guy's face, like comically <laughs> as it blows up. Uh, yes, excellent. So I'm taking uh, assistance. I would like a devil's bargain if such mm. things are available. Oh, I mean, like there are so many. Okay, I think you, you lose track of one of them. One of them takes, like, as, as you throw a smoke grenade and you're trying to, like, escape, like, one of them also disappears. Uh, okay. I have, it's kind of like, we can go with that, but another one I want to propose is that Ramu is really big on honor, so, like, regardless of whether or not throwing the paratha in his face and then throwing the plate at a smoke grenade and so on works, mm-hmm. he will have a paratha in his face, and he will... He will treat me as his personal rival. Wow. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, and if you want him as your personal rival, you can have that. Mm. Absolutely. Well, well he, he threatened my he threatened my papa. What am I supposed to do? I'll uh, say, I'm really sorry. Don't attack my dad. <laughs> I'll do whatever you want. That's what he was expecting anyway. Well, I don't know. I mean, let's see. Okay, wreck. Yeah. Uh, see how it goes. Desperate standard. Mm. Bonus dialysis. Mm. That's two dice extra. Oh, six. Three, nice. six, four. Well, now he five. has Parata on his face. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's an egg Parata, so it's egg on his face too. Literally egg on yeah. his face. Lovely. He. Yeah, so as you throw this, the smoke bomb goes off, and they are not unprofessional, so I think that they um, immediately react, but you were expecting it. You have the drop on them. So are you just like dashing in, grabbing your dad and dashing out? Is that what's happening here? Yeah. Yoink. Yeah. So like, I'm curious, like, what about Miraz now? Because he, he, is this like his roof ball instinct? Like, how is he getting around with these, like this thick crowd of people as everyone's coughing and like disoriented? Oh, everyone's coughing. Uh, Ramu's coughing. Ramu briefly just lets him go. I rush in with my breath off or like maybe i'm kind of semi-immune to this and i just grab him nice okay yeah uh, and then i think we just start running down the corridors looking for help i'm happy to cut away uh your dad is like also coughing to be clear and yes, he's not in the break so yeah yeah well if you want to start some sort of like nah i mean if it'd be one thing if he was still in there coughing as long as out then we'd yeah, start I mean, he, yeah no I'm, I'm just flagging this because yeah yeah it that could become relevant. Right now, he's okay. But, like, yeah. Okay. okay. So, are you yelling? Like, what is going on? Like, have people heard you? Like, um... Uh, I should be yelling. Yes. I don't think I am. I think I'm like, ah! <laughs> running. And Rajinath's coughing, so he's not yelling either. So... Yeah. But I definitely think Padmapriya and Padmamukhi are around. In fact, let's say that what happens is that as you do this, um, a door opens. And I mean, with a sex, Padma, Padma Mukhi opens this door and you can see that it's going somewhere that is, they're not meant to be there, uh, by which I mean, it's a different time. And she's like motioning to you as if to be like, just give me your dad and you can deal with this. And now we can cut away. Yeah, I know why uh, they, they came out because now there's a lot of people uh, struggling and swearing and so on in the veranda, which is outside. So of course, all the other windows can hear. The monkeys have gotten disturbed now. They're shrieking and shaking the branches yeah. of the trees. Very good. Uh, mm -hmm. I am not going to check this clock, uh, but I'm going to make a clock. And it is going to be called The Monkeys Intervene because yes. <laughs> they are nobody's friend. Mm -hmm. True, Wildcard. Okay. Okay, so where is everybody else? I think Joan is still in her room. Um, but it's like a room with an open window out over the balcony, probably. Mm -hmm. Somewhere. So she, she will have been alerted to this situation now. She will look outside, um, see that things have probably realize who is here, I mm. imagine. See that, like, things have gone way further than we probably expected or hoped for and decide that decisive action needs to be taken. So she goes back to her bedside, opens a drawer, and takes out a gun, and then climbs out of the window. Casual. Very good. I think down below, they are 
kind of like I, I don't know how effective is your smoke grenade do you think like how long is the is the effect of like the smoke and the coughing and so on gonna last yeah i think the smoke lingers but like i was going to say that they're like working class and so on but like they aren't factory workers i don't think they're used to like smoke no. and so on yeah so i think joan as you jump out of the window you see that they are recovering now so like they've kind of like rolled out of the smoke they're looking around and in fact one or two of them are, are already kind of like splitting up in different directions going in after miraz and zajidan ramu is like kind of barking directions instructions i mean uh, to them yeah i'm inspired somewhat by uh, a scene from peaky blinders which is funny for plates mm-hmm. um especially a plates that doesn't take place in doskol where like there is a situation where there are completely overwhelming odds and they solve it by shooting the leader in the head and um ah. and, and then just like being like well there's no reason to fight anyone now is there um i don't think that will work but john will definitely try yeah absolutely um are you doing this while jumping out are, like, are you like in the air and then firing is that what's happening here she climbs out of the window and there's like a 1 cm wide window sill on the other side mm-hmm. and she's going to balance and try to like kind of climb down to get in to like point blank range nice okay so uh this is like ambush with close violence because they don't know you were here necessarily they are about to find out yeah okay uh let's say that actually you are only in a risky position i don't think you're in a desperate position um which is to say that like there's like harm on the table there's things that, that can go wrong but like zajidan is like safe you know like right now so yes so let's say risky standard oh no wait you want to shoot him in the head and kill him right yeah i would like the desperate extreme actually okay so you want to trade position for effect and then push yourself for effect wait or oh, that that's a, that's desperate grace desperate extreme yeah that sounds reasonable okay great um i think yes let's let's make clear here that with extreme effect you can shoot this man in the head and he will immediately die i don't think so i was thinking here standard effect you injure him uh great effect you do level 3 harm and yes extreme effect he's down he's finished i would i would ask for input from the other players in this moment because Go i know it. that claude just uh, had him as his rival I don't know if you can kill him. I say go for it. I mean, we'll still have to deal with his thugs and I think this is exactly. kind of cool. So, but I did have a question though. So, you're using a pistol. Uh, sorry, remind me wh- where you're firing from? Um I'm trying to get into po- point blank range. So, I'm trying okay. to climb down to the balcony. Okay, okay. And get like yeah, I'm imagining down. this some sort of like ledge next to the balcony because Joan has this uncanny okay, balance, yeah. right? So just Yeah, that makes sense then. Okay, cool. I'm trying to like do a matrix dodge this. Mhm. Yeah, I what I was going to say is um all of his uh lieutenants, seconds in command, etc. are extremely loyal to him. They are not the kind to necessarily like fall to pieces just because he's dead. And mm-hmm. sure, the rival may be dead, but you may also have also like mm-hmm. you know, made five very powerful enemies all of whom will want to kill all of you? Question mark. So, yeah. Let's see what happens. Uh exactly. if it succeeds so, something to flag. We have not yet seen an on-screen death. We have not seen the bees. Yes, indeed. Yes. So excellent happens, Let's have a moment for it. If it happens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think this is this is why it's desperate is because I have 
in order to pull this off, I have to get into point blank range. I'm not in a position to assist, but I'm wondering if Abbas is, if he's around jogging outside on his morning jog. <laughs> I don't know if he could like <laughs> distract them or something. Yeah, I was thinking like it's uh, what the best time is to come into it, but I guess uh, yeah, like I guess the Abbas could be climbing up the same stairs that Ross did, right? Like uh, he just sees uh, smoke and he's like, and he he's expecting Zaljilan to be there. I don't know. I guess Abbas can be like you know just uh, jogging right back up the stairs and goes, "Maya, are you up there? Did Vickers burn uh, the breakfast again?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, Cloud has a bargain and so do I but I want to hear Cloud's person okay. Joan has to get really really close to shoot this guy so close that regardless of whether or not she succeeds she will not be able to get out without fighting her way out mm-hmm. uh, I was going to say um, whatever happens you will be compelled to take a bite out of him because you should struggle with your voice, I think. And like there was a cannibal on screen not so long ago. I think I think that the, the first the, the fight outfit devil's bargain is probably already gonna happen. So so I will take the second one. Great, fantastic. And they will obviously see you do this, so you know. I wonder if I wonder if Goatfoot gives me a plus one. Because it's oh. it's it's a balancing action. But also, it, it you take one D to prowl when performing moves that require balance, in parentheses, but not stealth. And I don't know if it means like hmm. not for things that require stealth. I feel like in this case it should apply because this is—it's not that it's a stealthy, right? This is you're coming from an angle that they don't think people can come from. I feel like mm-hmm. it's fair. Yeah, that seems reasonable. And we have—you haven't used this move a lot, so it would be cool to see you use it now. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, so you have an assistance, you have a devil's bargain, and you have an ability that's three dice. So this, is, this, this could go really well for you, actually. Mm-hmm. So she climbs out and then like gets to like a lower row of windows below the balcony and tries to like hop between the kind of outer window sills of the of the uh, of those windows to get mm. up to the balcony and shoot the guy. Yeah. Great, you have six dice, I think. So, oh and not a six inside. Four, five, four, four, five, one. I mean, okay. a five is enough to get the effect you want, though. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I think what happens here uh, is that so you come screaming down. They don't expect you. You fall. You're right in front of him. And as you like, you know, pull up your gun and like do your dodge. This moment, he can't dodge it. But you see someone push him out of the way. And I think you shoot that person straight in the head. And in fact, with extreme effect, what's going to happen is that I think you could even, like, kill two of them. So I think what's happened here is that, like, um, he will remain alive, but you can, like, easily dispatch two of his, like, underlings, like, just on instinct, right? Like, they gave up their lives without hesitating for him, and it's going to be gruesome. But I think that, like, because they are so loyal to him and they would rather die than let him live. And I just wrote down in my notes for one of them, we'll lay his life down for them. That's exactly what's happened. So right now, in fact, two of them have gone in the building. Uh, of the four that are left, two are dead. So there's only two of them yeah. in front of you now. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think the reason that the Devil's Bargain helped here is that like I sh- the guns only have 
one charge. So what happens is I shoot one and on instinct I bite the other's head off. Yo, yes. Uh, Incredible. Uh Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Or bite his throat out. Because, I mean, you can't unhinge your jaws, but I don't think you can... No, probably, yeah. Yeah, unless you go monstrous. I I was exaggerating for effect, you know. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. I think that, like, what happens is that this happens... But I think that like the ones who are left is Ramu and uh, Mona. Yeah, the consequence was that Ramu stayed alive. And I think they are both looking at you like, what the fuck? But they are like, the training kicks in, right? So before they go like, what the fuck? Nonetheless, like I think Mona is wielding uh, two sickles. And she takes like kind of a ready stance in front of Ramu and she says, get out of here. We can't, we can't lose you. And Ramu's like, you can see him thinking, am I really going to bail on this already? Or am I going to commit? Right. But like with your extreme effect, I don't think he has the ability to go, you're right. I'm out. You know, like he's like too shaken by what he's just seen. And mm-hmm. you can still do something at this moment. But I'm curious, is this enough for Vickers to uh, wake up? Because... I mean, there was a gunshot. Yeah, the gunshot. And then the screams of a, of a dying man as he, his uh-huh. throat bleeds out onto yeah. the ground. Yeah, I was a little confused. What was the consequence here? Because I may have a way to protect. The consequence here was that you didn't get the leader. Okay. Um, oh. and, and like they are going to get absolutely right back at you. Right, so like, um, okay. yeah. Sure. Then I don't think I can protect against this because there's kind of like no way for me to frame a resistance. But I, I think Vickers will wake up. Yeah. I mean, there was a gunshot, so she snaps awake, and uh, I think there will be a moment where we see her like in her bedroom, just blink and be mm-hmm. like, "Was that something I should take seriously?" And then she hears the screaming of the dying man, and yeah. like through the haze of her being asleep, she yeah. goes like, "Oh yeah, I do suppose something's going down." And she will reach for her fine heavy weapon on the wall, which we have not seen on screen before. Uh-huh. And then she will head towards the scene. But I don't. I will describe it when I arrive, because I don't I think do. I can arrive right away. Yeah. Okay. So um, the the leader Ramu's in uh, shock. What he's um, has has he noticed Abbas is here? Like, how does he? No, he's currently calculating whether him and Mona okay. can uh, kill Joan and then get away, or whether uh. he should just make a break for it. But he's still trying to figure that out. Just just to be clear, this is Mona and not Mona. Yes, this is true. Yes. This is not Mona the crime boss. This is Mona yes. whose cool name is Darling. Uh because Ooh. Mona Darling. Um so you know what? I'm just gonna call her Darling from now on. Uh I was saying uh, what's uh, Ramu armed with? Uh Kusari Gama, a, a sickle tied oh, right, to the Yeah. Mm. Okay, so I what I think Abbas, I think, has got an idea of what's going on. Or, I mean, maybe not exactly what's going on, but he's he can see that the temple is being attacked by ruffians. I mean, yeah. I think what I, I wanted to like try to disarm um, Ramu from behind, but it's Kusariyama, which is a weapon with a chain. I'm going to try to sneak up on him and use his weapon to tie his hands behind his back. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> um... 100% desperate position here. And I actually think, like, limited effect. 
because I think you can try and take the weapon away from, like, control of the weapon away from him. I don't think you can right now get to standard effect, which is take control of the weapon away from him and then use it against him. Mm, all right, fine. Uh, maybe, maybe let's go for trying to get the weapon from him. Okay. Um, yeah. well, like, because he, he's absolutely very dangerous. And, like, yeah. one of the very important lessons to learn is don't lose mm. your grip on your weapon. That's dangerous. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, that's true. This is this, this our uh, trained guy. Yeah. Um, okay. Can anyone assist me here? Okay. I think I'll, I'll assist by just like shouting, intimidating things, and being as big as <laughs> making myself yeah. as big as possible. Yeah. Um, to keep their attention on me. Yes. Yeah. Good. Just like a snake. Um, <laughs> and all right. I think I might. Maybe an extra dice here somewhere. Yeah, I gonna I can push myself. Yes, mm -hmm. and I've got all right. So, all right. Let's see. Hmm? Ooh, finesse. Ah, yes, exactly. Finesse. Interesting. Two one five. Ah, uh, well. Um, what else would it, would it have been? Yeah, I, I don't know. It could have been skirmish. It could have been a bunch of things. But like, actually, finesse is very I mean, interesting I mean, here. Um, but you get a five, and I think yes. you succeed. Here, right? Um, and the reason I think you succeed is uh, Joan is like in front of these two, like making herself as big as possible. Um, and I think that uh, for a second, uh, he is so like entranced in the way that like you can be by a predator looking at you that he loses his grip on his weapon, you're able to tear it away from him. But I think the desperate mm -hmm. consequence here is Mona sees Joan, knows she is the biggest threat, and you see her um, in the same way as the other two, kind of like not even think about her own personal safety, just go for Joan in this moment. And unlike the earlier moment where Emma, sorry, Joan was doing something, in this moment, I think uh, you're only threatening, right? So Mona's just going to like stab, stab you probably in the chest with one of the sickles. Um, and I think you're going to take level three harm here, which is like, you know, you've been stabbed through the chest. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know. That seems reasonable. Yeah. yeah. And you see this, by the way, uh, uh, Abbas, you definitely see this happening as you yank the weapon away. But mm. yeah. Yeah, I, I, would, I, will, I would be resisting that. Yes. Yeah. You should do this. Correct. Mm -hmm. uh, a resist. Yeah. Trying to grab the weapon. Mm -hmm. and, and stop it from going all the way into the chest. Five. Five. Okay. okay. So that's only one press, a five and a three. Mm -hmm. um, so are you just like ducking out of the way or like is this like more quick movements? Like how is it? I, I imagine that she like. She sees the weapon coming, tries to, she has nothing. So she's trying yeah. to hold it with her bare hands and yeah. then like cuts her hands up and like adjusts uh, it a little bit, but it doesn't all the way go in. Yeah. Fair. So like actually now your hands are quite badly cut up, right? And I feel like in mm -hmm. that case, you have dropped your pistol. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. But that, was, that was useless anyway. Yeah. And I think we'll cut away here, but both of you are still in like quite a bad position because... Uh, both these people are like fighting for their lives and good at doing this. But you know, 
like you have also like managed something. I think because uh, what has happened is maybe you see this from a different like angle or like down a different corridor or whatever. But you see Miraz running down this corridor with his father. You see a door open that wasn't there a second a second ago, or maybe it was. And Padma Priya is trying to like convince Miraz to like just hand Rajadan over to her. Uh huh. And there are two thugs coming after Miraz, right? Yeah, correct. One of them is barehanded, but the other one is also wielding a Kusari gun. Uh huh. Yeah, I suppose I'll have Vickers enter here mm -hmm. uh, as Miraz is in the middle of this. Like these two, these two guys run mm -hmm. down the corridor. It's this like dark temple. Kind mm -hmm. of confusing and scary, right? Yep, yep. And then we'll hear a rattling, like a grating of metal on stone. Nice. As uh, Vickers moves through one of the corridors, and one of them will turn, and they will see this horrifying apparition of uh, a woman illuminated faintly by a candle in her one hand, uh -huh. with like her long red hair hanging down to obscure her face, uh -huh. stepping like a zombie, because she's still very tired, in this creepy Victorian nightgown, dragging an enormous temple polearm behind her. And... <laughs> this is so Elden Ring! <laughs> yes, and Excellent. in this moment, echoing through the corridor, they hear, How was it? Here comes a candle to light you to bed. Here comes the chopper <laughs> to chop off your head. Excellent. Very good. Um, yeah, you can do this. Great. Yes, I'm going to scare the shit out of them because I look like some ungodly apparition at this yes. moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you can do this. Uh, uh -huh. In fact, I think like the way you described it, you will have great effect here, which is that you can affect both of them. I think standard effect... You would only have frightened uh -huh. one of them, but it was great. Both of them are going to be like, what the fuck is going on? What are you rolling? Is it command? Yeah, it's command. I'm trying to yeah. scare them. Okay, Makes remember sense. we have sanctuary, which means we get one plus one dice to command in our temple. Oh my god. Okay, that fantastic. Is, wow, incredible. Um, and I think you're in a desperate position uh, because it's possible one of, their fear, one of them has a fear response, which is just anger and like attacking you back. So we'll see. Okay. I will... Hmm. I think I will push myself, yeah. Great. I think I will. Uh, for a die or for... For, for a dice, I already yeah. have. Yeah. I already. I, I don't think extreme effect like makes sense here. No, so. but yeah. I'm already a desperate great. Yeah. So desperate great, command with two bonus dice. And I roll a crit. So I get greater than crit. So you tell me, what is this like um, extreme effect here look like? Like what is the image that is forever going to be seared into these people's brains and maybe you know that's what they're going to lose their brains but for now mm -hmm. yeah so i think what happens is that vickers hefts up this blade and up until this moment they've just been like what the fuck is this right this is very weird and then she will raise her head and there is like vickers was originally just like there are ruffians i'm going to scare them away but i think what happens in this moment is that she realizes that they are threatening miras with a deadly weapon and they will yes. they will see the expression in vickers's face when someone does this and it's just the eyes like in this moment it's not the creepy nightgown it's not the hair it's not the heavy weapon it's just her eyes yeah yeah very good um and I think what you see is, uh, and, and Miraz, you see this like an avenging angel. She turns up, and one with the bare hands goes, 
oh, fuck this, and grabs, like, her friend, and, j like, just legs it in the other direction, but, like, has the kind of presence of mind to go, you know, like, I can't abandon my friend, but also, mm -hmm. it would be terrible if I left anybody to this, right? So, it's mm -hmm. just, like, but with extreme effect, probably instead of going outside, is running deeper into the temple, which you know much better than them. You know, like, they're getting away from you, but they, yeah, not, yeah. Here, here's the home alone part. I think where yeah. Rikers looks after them and goes like, Miras, I think they're going towards your laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose, I suppose that they are. Um, and then... Miras thinks for a moment, and then he kind of gives a sad kind of smile and says, I haven't disabled the mechanisms I put in there to stop Uncle Abbas wandering in and trying to, I don't know, tidy up the place. Mm. And, and what are those mechanisms exactly? Well, you see, uh, one of them involves uh, fire oil, which I have positioned to set fire to his beard. Ah, okay. So you're really leading into this idea. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, when you don't have a beard to take up the fire roll, um, and you just have a face. face. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think as I don't think we see this on screen. We definitely hear more screaming. Um, uh -huh. They don't see it either. Other, yeah. Because when I work, it's very quiet. So like. They they just open the door and they don't see the the mechanism at all. Excellent. Yes. Uh, and Zajidan's on the floor coughing, and Padmapriya like kind of looks around and says, uh, "Do you want to give me your father so we can make sure we're out of your way?" And then, like almost as if there isn't like screaming happening in the background, she says, um, "Seems like we have some very unruly guests." Yes, we do. Uh, I want. Where, where's Uncle Abbas? Where's Joan? Do you think uh, they're in danger? And Padma Priya. No, I think Zajidan says um, Abbas went. Oh, he went for a run. He'll be. He would have been right outside the balcony. I bet he's. I hope he hasn't gotten himself into, <laughs> into trouble. Oh, of course he has. He's a. He's a. He's a. He's an idiot. All right, let's. Uh, let's go. Let's go over there and rescue them. Wait. None of these had a gun? Oh no. Because <laughs> she woke up by a gunshot. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I don't know who has a gun. Last time we went inside the temple, I told Uncle Abbas to pack a gun, but I don't think he takes a gun when he runs out. Uh -huh. <laughs> do you? Abbas, is that what you do? I don't think Abbas takes a gun in, at all. Anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we're heading for the balcony at this point. Perfect. <laughs> um, I think that there is a buzzing, uh, Joan, and I don't know if you have heard it before, but Abbas definitely has. And it is the, the imminent arrival of the bees that make their homes in the corpses of Uduasha. And they are very different to, I don't know if they have bees in Duskwall, but the bees in Uduasha, I think they are, they are black and golden and in the background i think the camera sees uh daddy danda who who is the rakshasa who who's beat 
is this part of Udeput. Um, kind of look up as he hears it impossibly from, from like a very long way away. And just mutters to himself, Oh, there's trouble today, huh? But she's not here yet, and neither, neither are the bees, but they're about to be. Instead, now, Joan, you have cut up hands. Uh, you have this woman who is going to try and gut you. And I think Ramu has decided that he's not going to back down. So he's disarmed, but he's looking at Abbas like, I'm still going to be able to like break your face. And that is, I think, like the moment you're at now. Like, sure, you've killed two of us, but and but the screaming on the inside, I think it's my friends. I think it's your friends. Can we join them now? Yes. Okay. Then I want to. Hmm. So I want to do a flashback real quick. Okay. Okay. So we're doing this on our turf, which means we get. Uh, it's our hunting grounds, so we get an yeah. extra thing. Yeah. Okay. You get, a, you get use... like a free acquire asset if I remember correctly. No, you get a free downtime action of any sort. So you get a free downtime action. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use it to modify an item. Not invent, but like mm -hmm. just take a normal item and make it better. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to take a pistol and make it into a pistol that fires three bullets at once in a spread. Jesus Christ. Okay. A duck foot pistol, yeah? Okay. Uh -huh. Excellent. Uh -huh. um, I mean, this duck seems like you, have, you literally have a workshop. You can have worked on it. Easily. I don't think this costs you any stress. I think this is just about like rolling to see how good this pistol is for you. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, so I'm just going to. I called it a down time action. Uh, sorry, I called it a splashback. It's not really. Yeah. I mean, like, it's uh, a flashback okay. in that it has happened in the past. We're only seeing that now. But it, mm -hmm. I don't think it has any uh, stress plus. Yeah. So when they modify, it's just a tinker roll, if I remember yeah. correctly. And then we. Uh huh. Uh -huh. I think, hmm. So Zaljitan is an artificer. I think that basically means that, you know, the Sparkcraft stuff I know how to do, mm. but like this is his forte, like uh, fine mechanisms. Yeah. So I think I'm, I, I took a die for him, like sitting down and like, you know. Sure, and yeah. you're like, I mean, okay, uh, we, we got into some sort of trouble and uh, I don't know, just in case, you know, uh, Baba? Mm. Okay. Sort of I thing. think like he's going to have, like, it's not going to be now, but I'm interested in. How he feels about violence, but we don't have to find that find that out now. But yeah. Uh -huh. Cool. So I got a five, which means a five it's a uh, yeah. So it means plus one because of workshop. Yes. Okay. So I think that so, means that like yeah, tier two means that you know it works, right? Like I don't know anything about me the mechanisms of like the firing mechanisms of you know. Um, so. It's a fine yeah. duck foot pistol. Yeah. Um, okay. There, I think. Historically, there were actually pistols that had a hammer for each barrel, so they could all be fired at the same time. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, it's basically that. Uh, I throw it to Vickers. Actually, no, Vickers has got a perfectly cool weapon of her own. I don't want to take that uh -huh. away. Uh, I'm going to rush in with my fine duck. Okay, everyone, get get the fuck out of my temple right now! Uh, and then mm -hmm. I can just wave it around. <laughs> <laughs> You're running up on the balcony, waving around your pistol. Okay. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But yeah, someone else can do something first. Well, I'm going to invoke reflexes when one of these people do something, but I don't think Vickers is just going to like barrel through. All right, then I just shoot in, shoot, shoot into the massive bodies, which includes uh, Abbas and Joan. Yeah, but yeah. 
A lot of my friends, they're my family, so which is a different uh-huh. thing. Yeah, yeah, so you know, yeah. you can shoot your, you can shoot your family, you can shoot your friends. That is what. Okay, thing. no, now I'm using, now I'm using reflexes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if I see you about to fire this thing on Uncle Abbas, I will judge that an unwise decision. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so let's say that, like, uh, I mean, obviously you're in a desperate position, but uh, if we think of this as Vickers using her reflexes to assist, that... No, no, I'm not. I'm not assisting. I'm using my reflexes to do something before. Ah, I, like okay. my whole point was, I have reflexes. I'm waiting for someone to do something stupid. Yes. I expected that to be the opposition, but then it's me. Mir- <laughs> oh, no, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm acting first. Okay. Fair. Uh, uh-huh. So you want to get in there and grab a boss out of the melee? Uh, I would, except that he is in like this fist fight with Ramu, right? And he's holding the weapon. Yes. And there's deadly weapons going. Yeah, no, I, uh, I do. I think the only thing I can, which is like I'm running up some stairs. Vickers is fast, mm. but like I can't outrun a bullet. I can't do no. this faster than like Miraz can raise the pistol. Yeah. So I throw the halberd. Like this gigantic polearm just gets hurled like a javelin okay. at Ramu. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ramu is one of the people that Miras is about to shoot. He is threatening Abbas with violence. Um, I, I know that the other woman has already harmed Joan, but I think it's cooler if this goes for yeah. Ramu. So let's yeah. just say mm-hmm. that I see him and I don't see Mona. Do you so, want to do a group action skirmish? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yes. Okay. Cool. I think this is more of a wreck, actually. Oh, I mean, I, I w- I'm always down for a wreck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is breach defenses with force, savage, <laughs> savage force, or carefully applied sabotage. I'm throwing a huge, heavy, like brass polearm, and let me describe how this looks for a second, because this actually belongs to the temple. Mm. This is not something that Vickers brought with her, and so obviously, what this is is a brass polearm that is elaborately formed in the shape of a cobra with like a snake's head. Nice, excellent, the... very good. <laughs> As the as the huge heavy head and so Ooh. like as Abbas is in this pickle a giant metal snake will fly out of nowhere and hit Ramu if this goes well mm-hmm. excellent okay uh yeah desperate position once more um mm-hmm. but you can definitely do this uh but as I described before with standard effect you will injure him with great effect you will injure him badly with extreme effect you will kill it. So I think you're at standard effect now. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Group action. Um, this probably doesn't matter for position and effect, but so I have saboteur, which means every time I wreck, the damage is much quieter than it should be. So what this means in this moment uh, is that even though three gunshots are about to fire at the same time, um, the gun is also swaddled with like cotton and so on mm. to kind of like keep it quiet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Not sure. Not that I expect that to matter, but you know. I thought, why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Desperate standard. Desperate standard. I will invoke Battleborn to push myself on an action in combat. And when I push myself, I have the Tiger's Fury. Push violently against your enemies, knocking them back down or over. So, Very good. Even yeah. if he isn't hurt by this, he's going to be hit by a lot of metal and knocked away from mm. Abbas. 100%. Okay. Yeah. I get yeah. that for free. Yes. Yeah. And Abbas also gets knocked away from the gunshots. So it, yeah, all exactly. it all works out. It's totally fine. This is, this is what a good, well-made plan looks like, guys. Uh-huh. 
Great. And okay. we didn't even have to roll engagement. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you didn't. Sounds good. So I'm going to push myself. Yeah. For and I guess um, you're like, uh, Vickers is bleeding, right? Yeah. Great. Yeah, I am. So, uh, Miraz rolls a six and I roll a five. So yeah. we take no extra stress. And this works perfectly. Yeah. So, I think that, like, you see Ramu um, for a second, like, instinctively reach for a weapon that isn't there. And that is the moment that this halberd um, hits him in the shoulder and just, like, knocks him down. Right? Uh, you see in the same, like, kind uh -huh. of motion that as he's falling, Abbas is also no knocked away. But, like, He's not knocked away and injured. He's just like, he's a, there's a lot going on, right? Uh -huh. I think what happens probably is that Ramu was like reaching for him to grab him or something. Yeah. And then he just kind of like pulls Abbas down as he is struck. Yeah. So like brought out of danger of the gunshot. Yeah. But as this happens, uh, I think Mona, who is um, currently struggling with Jones, sees this and lets out like kind of like a cry of fury. And um, is going to try and stab Joan again so that she can try and defend her boss. But like right now, her, her weapon is stuck in Joan's hands, right? So like she can't just pull it out without. So she's going to try and pull it out, do some damage to you, and then like go to defend her boss. Unless you do something. I mean, if she's going to try and pull her weapon out of my hands, then I will do something. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. So would that be a resist? Oh, you know, yeah, I think so. Or is it something that's happening? I think it's something that's happening. Sorry, I don't think it's a resist. I think the only person okay. you are fighting whom you would have to resist to act against if he was doing something is Ramu. I think the rest of them are dangerous, but not like at, that, at, at, at an expert level. Oh yeah, also they, are, they rolled a six, so there's no consequence. Um, yeah. Anyway, she's, she, she tries to pull her, her like weapon away, and I think I'm gonna... Now I am gonna use Monstrous. No. Um, and I'm gonna hold it, and we're gonna like be fighting over the weapon, and like it can seem like a fight that's not really going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Joan's neck is going to become a lot longer and lash out like a snake and latch on to her face. Great, yeah. What is very funny, by the way, is that like everyone else's successes make Joan's positions generally better, and then Joan does things like this with those better positions. Um, you're in a risky position. And uh, I think with Monstrous, you're, you're having great effect, even before like, the effect of the push, because you are, nobody really expects someone to try and bite their face off, even after they just saw that happen. Mm -hmm. Because like, it takes a second, you know? So yeah, Risky Great at the moment, I think. Risky Great, gonna keep it that way. Uh, I have minus one die and plus one die from push, so it evens out the two dice. Mm -hmm. Skirmish. Um, I think it's probably reasonable to just stay with that. Yeah. And it's a six. Ooh, a six and a one, so you manage Ooh. this. Um, yeah, because like, I, I think Ramu's uh, friends need extreme effect. I mean, great effect, like this works, right? So uh, now everyone sees this. Everyone sees Joan briefly channel a snake, open her mouth, unhinge her jaw, and literally rip this woman's face off? Is that what's happening? I guess she is losing face, huh? <laughs> mm. 
Oh my god! Oh god! Uh huh. <laughs> so, are are you are you aiming to kill here or just horribly maim? Is my question. Oh no, only to maim and horribly injure. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what happens then, I guess. Like, Jesus Christ! Um. Yeah, this became a little bit brutal than I thought it was going to be, but oh well. Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think probably what happens here is that you see uh, Jones' uh, jaw like open up. And it's already bloody from the throat that you've ripped, right? And your fangs, oh, yes. uh, your incisors, which look fang-like now, uh, and the blood dripping down your jaw, which makes you, in your own way, as terrifying as, um, as Vickers just looked when she was carrying the halberd uh, in her disheveled state. You clamp down on this woman's face, and actually the scream that is about to come out almost dies. Because she faints just out of sheer, like, terror and falls to the ground. And you see Ramu, who is now also on the ground, trying to get back up, looking around her. And I think he's come to terms with it. And he thinks to himself, okay, I guess I'm dying here, but I'm not going to leave. And he stands up and takes, like, a position of, like, who's going to come at me? Uh, And maybe he even says that. He's like... Mm -hmm. Which one of you fuckers wants to die? Mm-hmm. I think Miraz's first priority is to resist not vomiting. Seems reasonable. <laughs> three three stress not to vomit. Is the three and two, one and the two? Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have th- that cousin, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Vickers has iron will. But I also think it's funnier in this situation if she doesn't see it, because she's still down the stairs. Like, we established she couldn't see the scene perfectly, yep. just through yep. the thing, because yeah, Mirasa's raising a weapon, so yeah. I don't think she knows what's going on. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I try not to vomit, and I'm just going to look down at my gun and start putting three bullets back in. Four bullets, actually. Mm. Uh, what's the boss doing? Which takes a while. Um, so I got knocked to OA but the the halberd thing yeah. but you get back uh, up again yes I've, I've got back up again i think i'm trying to get make my way to because i was on the other side of miraz and vickers mm-hmm. and i don't know if if i need to do anything or if i can just you know uh just duck under the i can't uh, think of anything funnier than this guy saying which one of you bastards is going to take me on and sub bus yeah, I was going to say, is that what's happening? Because, like, if you move, that's what he'll assume is happening. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to do it, but I'm okay with him assuming that. Like, I'm trying to get away, but if, my <laughs> move, if he misinterprets my movement into thinking I'm challenging him. He thinks, yeah. you think he's so pathetic that the old man who has admittedly disarmed him is going to be the one, <laughs> right? Um, but as previously discussed, he's the expert. Uh, and... I think you will have to resist him. I mean, he's not got his weapon on him, so he's not going to just like cut your throat. But suddenly, you know, you'll have to resist uh-huh. him not breaking your head or like your. your okay, I, I want to protect but, in this moment. Okay. Uh huh. If I may, yeah. and it's not actually me protecting, but I have my cohort. So Excellent. like, he goes to boss and is like, ah, "I'll take this old man." And then he's like, "Ho ho ho! Your challenger will be me, Augustus <laughs> 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 
<laughs> he will be extremely distracted. Listen, there is no room on this balcony for all these people. <laughs> so, but he's on a roof. He's a roof ball player. Yes. So he will dramatically appear on a nearby roof. His cape he... flowing in the wind. Yes. Does he throw down his roof ball then? At, yes. At... <laughs> yes, I think he throws the roof ball down dramatically and just kind of bounces it off of something. Amazing. Okay. And... Um, I'm just protecting a boss right. I'm not saying Augustus will take this hit, yeah. but this is definitely distracting. Yes. So, okay. so let's say that um, I will roll uh, your cohort, or you should roll your cohort rather, and let's see like how good this distraction is. But I think the distraction works. Um, okay, sure. So I'll just roll them with no bonus. They just have one die. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Four. Four. Yeah. yeah, not terrible. Yeah. I think with a four, um, you distract him, but I think you see him, uh, like what you've done is kind of taken the initiative away, away from him. So Abbas can definitely like yeah. zip away, but you haven't like stopped him from being able to do what he wants to do. So no. I think, so as the roof ball uh, falls towards him, um, you see him kind of like out of the corner of his eye, see it, he reaches out, grabs it, and then like throws it. Um, probably at you, but like you can, like you know, catch it. That's not a problem. But he knows he's uh-huh. lost his moment to like attack the old man, and he says, uh, yeah. "A weak attempt." Is that it? Is that is that all you've got? <laughs> yeah, I, I think like, this card looks very. Yeah, and that, yeah. Is that all you've got? He's surrounded by the corpses of his friends. Two of them are inside. Yeah. Their faces like on yes. fire. I mean. You know. I think what happens is he like issues this challenge to Augustus Khan, and then two things happens. One, Augustus is very disappointed that his cool ball throw didn't hit yep. because he was aiming for this guy, but he missed. Yep. And second, he sees the corpses, and then he will be terrified. Because <laughs> like, yeah, uh, in fact, Augustus Khan does not resist; he just vomits because yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's uh-huh. a gory scene. I mean, he was a thug, right? But he was more the beating people up with your fists thing, yeah. not blowing up their heads kind of thug. Yes, so, correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. They just start swearing like Morosim. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. no. Yeah. I don't think... I think, like, um, Augustus <laughs> has been practicing his, uh, his, uh, his behavior. So, you know, he's not, he's, he, 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 he won't swear like Morosim. He will swear like, like Augustus Khan. Like a blue! 10,000 thundering typhoons? Yeah, I don't know why he's exactly. He swears like Captain Haddock yeah. for some reason. Yeah, you he's know why? Captain. But he is, you're right, yeah. Billions of blue blistering uh-huh. barnacles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Alright, um, I think I, I could, Abbas could run away, but if um, uh, Ramu is sufficiently distracted, I will bonk him on the head with his Kusari Gamma instead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I think that you are still in a desperate position because he's very dangerous, but you can do mm-hmm. this. And I think now okay. you are, like, if we conceptualize the earlier standard effect as, like, two ticks on a four clock, this is the other two ticks, right? So with this, you will have a Mario Mercy, he will fall. Um, so, yeah, you're at desperate standard, I think. All right. And I'm going to. I'm going to need some kind of assistance here because I have no points in Prowl. So. Mm-hmm. I have one uh-huh. for you. I have one for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, p- p- pick up that one. Pick up the little uh, red one. Not, not that one. The one next to the, the, the pickles while you were down there. Uh, it's uh-huh. called Fire Potion. 
Oh my god. Skullfire potion. Oh. Right, mm. so the kind that gives you horrible migraines, if it's like, yeah, you crack him on the head with that, it's yeah, it's yeah. not crack the cracking it. that does it, it's the poison. Yep. Yep. <laughs> do it do it with both, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Abbas has been talking a lot about his revolutionary past, mm. but this is the first time in years that he's like actually engaged with violence again. Yeah. Yes. Whether or not they come for him because they hear about it, or like he gets an epiphany, or maybe it's just like his or something more metaphysical, like his youth. Mm-hmm. He has to like kind of relive his youth or something. Like you know, okay. fate just kind of twists around. I have a more concrete spin on that, if I may spin on that further. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ramu is a young, strapping, uh, Iruvian man who's like fighting for a cause and whatnot. I think the straightforward thing is like Ramu reminds you of one of your very good friends who died young. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like he just looks like him a lot, and you know. Yeah. That evokes feelings. And it's not even just yeah, he looks like him. It's the attitude of never say die. It's the yeah. like it, you are now the people who killed your friend. In this story, yeah. Um, is there like a concrete? Uh, what, like, what's the actual? What I was going to say, tangible effect here. Mm. Of this. What like, I was going to say is that because the wheel turns again, you have to kind of like get in, get back in touch with the revolution. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, that's that's why I was going to do that anyway. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, now you have to. <laughs> yeah. Think, yeah. Okay. Devil's bargain of feeling guilted oh. into yeah. resuming. Nice. All right. Okay. Four, five, and a four. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that. So you. So what does this look like? Because are you hitting him with the sharp end or the blunt end? Do you want to kill him, or are you just like knocking him out? Okay, you tell me because I think what Abbas is gonna do is for is he's gonna he's gonna just kick. Um, well, he's he's gonna kick uh, Ramu to create some distance and then swing the sorry gamma at him. Right. Like you know, th- this is a weapon that. Abbas is familiar with, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a thing on a chain. He just swings it at him because, you know, he's just trying to uh, keep his family alive. But, yeah. So I think actually um, the straightforward desperate consequence here is that whether or not you're meant to, you meant to, you definitely kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, he does not die clean, right? It's like you. Just like his friend had, you know, the throat torn open and was like gurgling to death or whatever, you see the light fade from his eyes. Like as he realizes, oh, that's it. Right. And that's the moment that you look at him and you you think of your friend because um, you left your friend. You had to run away. But none of Damu's friends oh, left no. him. They stuck around. Right. Um, and I think that. Even as he dies, you see that he's at least, he at least seems to be, he recognizes that he died with the people around him and they lived as they died by the sword. And I think as you see this, the buzzing that's been steadily growing louder and like you've also been hearing the monkeys, but like they did not approach mostly because, you know, someone turned into a snake and ate, off, ate a face. But that is not like the bees don't give a shit about this. So tell me, do you think it's like a swarm? Do you think it's like a locust swarm? Or is it more like they, they come from different directions but congregate here? Oh, I think it's more terrifying if they come from different directions. Mm. 
Yeah. They're just suddenly there. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like it's not one it's not one hive of bees. Like yeah. they're just Absolutely. Yeah, they just kind of descend out of the tropical warm air, right? Just insects coming from all over and suddenly like swarm over the body. Yeah. I have a very visceral fear of bees in that like when I hear the buzzing immediately I go, oh. So I think that like that's definitely people around who they put around your temple who are feeling that visceral fear of like, oh shit. Um I hate this. I just wanna like hide under a blanket. And hope that no, like this thing just doesn't come in, right? Um, and everybody knows what it is. All right. So uh, to clarify, what was the what's the disparate consequence exactly? Is it just of us feeling guilty, like like, or like is the consequence we're saying something has happened? Yeah, the consequence was that like okay. you bopped him on the head, and it wasn't that like he fell to the floor bonelessly, yeah. and you know he's still alive. The consequence is he died a gruesome death, and you have to live with it. Have a way we can concretely turn this into a consequence mm -hmm. that can be resisted if you want, which I think is more heat, because like Abbas has committed, like you know he's viciously killed a guy, and that's yeah. the kind of thing that draws attention. But I think it's even more heat because you know it's Abbas. We we saw the wheel turn, so I think like mm -hmm. elsewhere in the city we see people connect the dots and go like, mm -hmm. oh shit, the revolutionary snake is back. Oh man, mm -hmm. and very good. We get more heat. Yeah, sure. Oh, I almost don't want to resist this because. Okay, I won't. Great. Uh -huh. Okay, we just get a ton of heat. Yeah. Cool? I mean, the, the viper is active again. The viper yeah, is active. Exactly. <laughs> like the, the idea of like a shiver going through the city as like some yeah. people in the underground are like, oh, it's happening. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, the viper is back. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I know exactly what it is. It is that Tripatna is meeting another one of your old friends. And. Mm. We see them have a conversation, and, and I think mm. like the other friend is like, mm. "Oh, he's back." And so I'm like, "No, I saw him last week. He was fine." And like the friend is like, "No, yeah, he's back." Mm -hmm. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So if it's heat as a consequence or desperate three heat. Yeah, I feel like desperate. It should be three. No. Does anyone want to resist this? Maybe I can resist this actually. And the way I'm resisting is not, like, I'm not negating this whole, like, shiver runs through the city and, like, certain people pick up mm -hmm. that the Viper is back. But I think I can limit the heat in, uh, in how much attention is paid to this. And it is because Vickers is snapping to attention. So I will frame my resistance role with a resolve. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is that she will rush up onto the balcony and, like, Augustus is useless, but I have other team members. So there will be a quick command of, like... <laughs> Well, come on, make sure everyone's all right. And I will lean down with like the injured woman mm -hmm. and one, keep her alive, and two, have my roofball team like evacuate the area, right? Because right. there's deadly violence about who knows what's going on, which yeah. means that there are fewer witnesses. Nice. So, like this, you know, the people who know will know, yeah. but there will be fewer just like random bystanders seeing the horrible carnage that has unfolded here because we need to spare them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's sort of Vickers' weak, motivation, nice. right? Yeah, absolutely. So one heat instead? Yeah, one heat. Yeah. And I think we see, as this is happening, one of the roof pool team, maybe Socks, like, comes across Daddy Dada, and he's like, oh, you must go away. And Daddy Dada's like, mm -hmm. oh, come on, kid. You know, you know. Yeah. And, and, like, and, and, like, and Socks just, like, catches, catches himself being like, oh, wait, of course, this is Rachel. I mean, what am I doing? But, like, there's that, like, little mm -hmm. moment of, like, yeah. we know that they are approaching. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Vickers is concerned for the neighbors, and no one should have to see this who doesn't have to. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Question. Does Joan, observing the ultimate uh, like con eaters in Uduwasha, like things that like all life is consumed by, does she watch this in fascination and learn something? Yeah. I think what, what she does is she kind of like looks at them and tilts her head and because these are both like the ultimate eaters but also related to her obsession yeah. with golems she is going to take a glass that was still standing on the table and try to catch one Ooh. ah why don't you roll a fortune roll i don't think there's any risk here but i wonder whether like you succeed or fail. I think there might be risk, actually. Because it's a hive, right? It's a hive. It's a, it's a hive, it's a sacred hive. There might be some sort of intelligence there, and they may not appreciate mm -hmm. this. Sure. Well, I mean, there's still bees, yeah. right? Attacking a bee swarm is not generally a great idea, yeah. even if it's, it's to just catch bad. one bee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Let's say it's risky standards. All right. Yeah, in real life, you can capture a bee just fine. <laughs> yeah. But I think these are special, these are special bees. bees. Yeah. These are worse. Yeah. Uh, what do you reckon you're doing? It could be hunt actually. Hunt, hunt, finesse, prowl. Yeah. That seems reasonable. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking hunt or finesse, but I don't. I I would have minus one die if I finesse. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. That's okay. probably not a good idea. Hunt seems good. Then. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to assist you once more. In capturing bees. Yes, and this time I'm going to blunder forward and accidentally trip, uh, step on my other smoke grenade. <laughs> um, this will make the bees drowsy. Okay, because I'm so curious. Do you notice that like your husband is about to step on another smoke grenade? Do you even notice anything? I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Ordinarily, I would, but I don't want to interrupt no, this but... like PC action. Yeah, yeah. So one. Miras will be fine. He knows he knows his chemicals. Yeah, yeah. That's an area where I can trust him. And two, Miras is actually uh, Vickers is actually busy trying to save Mona's life because ah, like yeah. she isn't dead. She's not dead. No. She she's just injured. Yeah. yeah. So I'm doing whatever like first aid I know, which isn't a lot, but you know, smoke out the bees. Mm -hmm. You know what? Uh, stepping on this uh, smoke grenade should, aside from giving a dice, like maybe even let you capture more. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's probably still standard effect because yeah. I don't think having more than one B necessarily makes this great effect. But yeah. I mean, like yeah. you could have sorry before. I think basically in my mind, the great effect would be like I captured a queen bee, um, but you can have like a few. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think we can capture queen bees. No, they're probably like yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, mm -hmm. probably all things. All right, uh, so two dice mm -hmm. hunt. A four and a five. A five. I think I want to establish now about the corpse bees. I don't think anyone has ever seen the queens. Ah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Like, not even the Rakshasa know, really. I will say that if for whatever reason we decide to capture a queen bee, that would be an excellent heist. That would be an excellent score. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. I think, uh, actually, the uh, risky consequence here is that Daddy Danda sees you. And this is a... Um, the Rakshasas, like, do not, you should not interfere with the bees. They know this. They make sure everybody else knows this. Um, and 
he knows you personally. So when he sees you do this, it's not like he's going to immediately come and like eat you or whatever. It's not a desperate consequence, but he's definitely noticed. And he's going to do something about it, probably during downtime after the story. Mm -hmm. So question here again. Um, and sorry to keep on going on about this, but I'm like really interested in the bees. Yeah, yeah. The first time I'm seeing them. Yeah. The fact that he just kind of like notes this down and like doesn't get mad or anything. So I guess that establishes that they they look after the bees, they take care of the hives, they kind of uh, feed things to them and so on. But they don't, the, the hives aren't theirs, the yeah. bees aren't theirs. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. They're just people who, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think that, Symbiotic. I think the way that I'm thinking about this is that they, it's kind of like a, a, a relationship that they have with the bees, but it's not like ownership, right? And so probably it is the case that they have, it's not like a, how do I put this? The God has not passed your religious edicts that you must take care of the bees, for example, right? This is more something that the people who practice the religion, the Rakshasas themselves, have agreed is very important to do, right? Um, mm -hmm. So you have kind of messed with more of a cultural tradition than a religious tradition, even though we know that, like, you know, that, that boundary is very fuzzy and may not exist as such, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, in fact, he sees this, but he, like, also, this is the moment that he turns up, right? And he's got his, like, uh, lizard riding on his shoulder. He's, he's turned up on this cart that is actually completely empty. And he's not on the balcony or anything. He's actually, like, um, I guess, no, maybe the cart is down and he's, like, turned up on the balcony. And he says, uh, Arere, what is going on here? All of you... You know, murder is bad, huh? <laughs> well, they, they started it, and I said, vaguely pointing at the B-shaped outline of Ramu's corpse. Yeah, I, I think Vickers shouts back, like, well, whoever's already dead, you deal with them. Someone get me a doctor. Cough, 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 everyone. Yeah. yeah. Mira's grounded. For being a naughty yeah. <laughs> I think Danny Danda looks at the, looks at Mona and says, Ugh. And then looks at Joan. <laughs> like, are you okay? Like, that's not pretty, dude. Like, that's that's. Ugh. Oh, you should talk. Oh wow. Okay. Oh yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. Um. And he does the best he can with what God gave him. And let's be clear, his God has given him many things. Um. And then he turns around and he says, uh. And you got a couple of people inside also? You people are really... I thought this was some kind of temple of uh -huh. peace. Did, did the people who run into the lab die? No, I, are we establishing that I don't now? think like, they... Maybe one of them... They're not having a great time. They're not having a great time. They're not having a great I, time, but they're not yeah. dead. Yeah. I like Fair the enough. idea that Mira's like, put down legal, lethal, almost lethal trip points to keep his uncle yes, from yeah. staying. Yeah. Uh -huh. I think they are being saved probably by. I imagine it's like the first were just traps, and then they got into the lab and just bumbled their way into all the dangerous stuff that yes. you know, keeps it there. Like the reason that the door is trapped is that if anyone enters the lab and doesn't know what they're doing, they're in much greater yeah. danger. So mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, I rolled a fortune to see how they're doing. It's a four. So yeah, I mean, so they're not well, but they're not, not great. Dead. Yeah. 
Uh -huh. I, w I want to just cut to the them being like, you know, one of them has been set on fire, one of them is like covered in itching powder yeah. or something, and then Padma <laughs> and Padma Priya and their helpers just turn up and go like, well, you've been very naughty, haven't yeah. you? <laughs> one of them is like glued to the floor somehow yeah. with my yeah. nail. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think our two very stern old ladies will take care of them. Excellent. Yeah. Like, both you know treat their wounds, but also arrest them. So. Yeah, and I think uh, Danda will just say, um, "Okay, let's get them in the cart. Uh, you want some doctor or something?" Yes, but not for us. Vickers absolutely goes like, "Well, yes, yes, I do," and uh, I think you know. We have established that she is pretty effective with the team. Sure. So I actually think I think Sox is our fastest runner. Yeah, totally. So she probably didn't stop that yeah. Wanda. She probably went to fetch her. Yes, fair. And I think like this is so. probably the, the end of the score, but I do think that like we see unlike the thing that like when, when Joan was trying to capture them, like she had to be careful. You see the bees are very like natural around the Rakshasa. So uh they're just kind of like flying around him. He seems completely un unperturbed. Even though he's not covered in anything, you know, he's not like wearing like the kind of beekeeper's outfit that we see in our world. Um, and they have no problem um, with him, you know, like picking up the corpses, brushing them very like gently aside as he's like, you know, trying to position them correctly and so on. But I also think actually what's happening is that he's not moving them to prevent the bees. He's moving them so the bees can do what they need to do more effectively. I think a cool detail I want to add here, just because I pictured it, is I don't think the bees ever touch anyone living right. except the Rakshasa. Yes, so, like, when he steps into the swarm, they will actually, like, land on yeah. him, crawl on him, rest in his hair and beard or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, it's really weird because they never touch anyone else who is alive. Oh, they also touch uh, the Rakshasa's animal companions. Yeah. Now, suddenly, I feel quite bad for the ones that John captured. I don't think they like being handled at all. Well, I mean... No, mm -hmm. but such is life. And also, yeah. like, we're going to find out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that we can, we, we can, like, end on this, like, particularly gruesome uh, scene uh, on this balcony. Uh, there is kind of blood everywhere. And I think that the kind of, like, post-credits scene of, like, this is where a TV show, I feel like this is where the cliffhanger would end. But the end credits thing is, we see Hardil have a conversation with someone. Where probably uh, one of the Catrici who was, you know, somewhat influential, but now that all of the top, you know, rising moon folk are dead, you know, they're in charge. And he's impressing upon them how important it is that they do what he says, lest uh, what happens to Ramu. And his friend before, you know. And didn't you hear that, like, one of them got her face, like, bitten off? I love how Haradil goes, like, yeah, you better do as we say, or we send these priests after yeah, you to fuck you exactly. up. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I, and I definitely think that, like, the way that, like, Haradil and Munna are positioning you is that they're realizing that, like, so long as you don't think you are working for them, you are very effective. All they need to do is continue this farce of like pro bono, but like, wow, you completely solved that Catherine's problem, no problem. You know, like, excellent. And like, very effectively, too. And if they take credit for it, it means people are more afraid of them as well. Mm -hmm. I would want to close on the image of Miras with a bucket and his gloves and like a mask. 
cleaning of the blood with alcohist. And so blows out our brief candle. I named the disciples of the ceaseless temple thus, with both their given names and taken. Saumitri called tree. Zoheb called Klau. Prince, Emma, and Adyat called Soap. Intro music, Jalandahar by Kevin McLeod. Outro music in Kiravani Ragam by Yusri Nivas. Blades in the Dark by John Harper and Evil Hat Productions. Iruvian Playbooks by John Stone Metzger. Follow us at Desperate Attune on Twitter or email us at desperateattune at gmail.com. Support us at ko-fi.com slash desperateattune. next episode of Desperate Tune. I feel vertigo. Mm. Like when you're about to get close to an edge or like a dangerous insect, venomous. There's the feeling that you're, you're about to go somewhere dangerous. And I think she says, you know, Back in Dusk World, there is, uh, I have a friend who runs, you know, he runs a gang. He's like, also an empty vessel disciple, but he's got his own practice. And something that he does, which I always found amazing, was that he climbs these very tall towers and then falls off. And he's secured only with a rope. And he just falls. And when I asked him about it, he said exactly what you're saying. Sometimes you want to look at that edge, know you're about to do something very dangerous, and then think to yourself, that's why I'm doing it. And do I have a rope? I think she is presumptuous enough to do this. I think she will reach out and take your hand and say, you feel that? That's a rope. Okay.